Hey, listen up, idiots. This is your spoiler warning. Also, you might get offended. So warning for that, too, you idiots. Well, hi, everybody. Ryan. Hi. I thought you were talking to the audience. No, I don't like the audience. I ignore them. I'm talking to you two dudes. That's how you make successful podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) I don't cater to the audience at all. Doing pretty good. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing very well. <laughs> we have a uh, we have a guest on our show today. Mm-hmm. This is a special episode of the show too, because it's coming out. What are we doing this Christmas Eve or day? It doesn't matter either. Yeah, way. I don't think it cares. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're releasing this one on Christmas, and we're joined by uh, my good friend Michael. Hello, thank you guys for having me. Uh, Absolutely, we saw Eighth Grade with Michael, and is that the only well, thing we've right. seen? We saw Thor Ragnarok in different. Theaters, yeah, theaters yeah, yes. okay. We crossed paths at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we saw eighth grade together. Uh-huh. Blast, yeah. And that, yeah, it was a real, real <laughs> fun trip back in time. <laughs> real uplifting, yeah. life-affirming experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Changed my outlook on everything. Uh, but no, this is a, a special episode of, apparently that wasn't needed because you reminded me today when you showed up that... We've actually covered Die Hard before, uh-huh. I think back in like year one of this show, when yeah. we had my mom on as a guest, uh-huh. uh, but I think we also, that was back, didn't we cover like all three movies in one episode? We did three, yeah, So within the span of an hour, so. So this would be a lot more minutes. longer take on Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Give it the, maybe credit it's due, actually give it time to, yeah, feel it's due know, credit. dig into it, get into the meat of it. Right. The big reason we're doing this episode is, for so long, you and I have maintained that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Yeah. And this is a <laughs> common topic of discussion. It, it was, like, everywhere last year, mm-hmm. and I was kind of hoping this year, all right, everybody's got it out of the system. No, it redoubled this year. Doubled down. Like, as far back as, like, November, people were talking about, no, Die Hard is a yeah. Christmas movie. It's like, ah! It, I think it's just going to keep ramping up. So, oh yeah, we decided <laughs> we're going to solve this problem once and for all. We'll be the deciding voice. Oh, okay. We have that much work. <laughs> God damn, putting a lot of uh, emphasis on our opinion. Yeah. <clears throat> well, because so here's the thing. I just we can't do it on our opinion because up until like five minutes ago, uh-huh. we were the only three that I knew of that felt this way. Almost <laughs> everybody else that I've ever encountered. Uh huh. Feels Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yes. Until now. Yes. Until now. But I... <laughs> it's not something that you can, like, argue and change people's minds on, like... Well, no, it's... I mean, this... This whole Die Hard thing, I'm seeing, like, both sides, and they're both stupid. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> In all honesty, it's two sides yelling at the color gray, saying it's black or it's white. And it's like, it's nuanced, and it's not. Ryan, either. what argument on the internet is not stupid and pointless? I mean, they all are. That's exactly. why I don't really like the yeah. internet. <laughs> like, why is this the argument that gets the, the most <laughs> airtime? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. It's just something I think it's easy to have an opinion on. Hmm. It's like that that dress back when that is it white or is it blue? It's any dumb dumb can look at it and say, yes, it's Christmas movie or it's not or it's blue or it's white. It's an easy argument. I think it's also the fact that it's such a well-known movie. Like everybody has seen Die Hard at some point. It's it's a pretty popular movie. Mm -hmm. And it does give it life and longevity, like tying it to this holiday. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that because I do love Die Hard harder on my sleeve. 
I think this movie's fucking great, and any excuse for more people to see it, I welcome. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a Christmas movie. Sure. I think it might be. I know, this is um, weird. This is blowing me away. Well, yeah, I think any time... I don't know. First, I'll start by saying any opinion I have is, uh, you know, liquid. My oh, opinions sure. can change. I, I don't believe in having firm, hard opinions. I like to be open to new ideas. And if somebody can change my mind, they can. And when viewing Die Hard again for the podcast this week, the thought of Shaun of the Dead came into my head. And okay. I think hmm. Die Hard uses Christmas in ways that Shaun of the Dead uses horror tropes. And it uses it in a satirical way and kind of an ironic way. Um, much the way Shaun of the Dead does, but Shaun of the Dead is first and foremost a comedy, but it also has horror elements. And I think Die Hard is first and foremost an action movie, but there are a lot of thematic elements around Christmas type of movies, the Christmas genre. They're in here. Uh, for a movie that's just set around Christmas, they don't really need to make as many call-outs as they do to Christmas. Like, they really like to pump in, like, that Christmas music for, like, the kind of, um, uh, shit. I'm trying to think of the word. But, like, kind of the ironic, um, Parentino does it. The suck in the middle with you. The the jarring music to, I like, shock and violence. The juxtaposition. The juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. Thank you. Um, I think it uses Christmas music for very smart juxtapositions here. Hmm. And it does it needlessly. It doesn't have to. It could just be a setting, but I think it does something more. And it does play with, you know, the familiar Christmas element. It is still first and foremost an action movie. But that's why I think I've maybe uh, lessened in my stance on it. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. I think it could be a Christmas movie. Maybe it's not a Christmas movie. Who knows? But I think more this time I've opened up to that side. Okay. I can kind of see the other side and where they're coming through. And I don't know. I think there are some good points to be made. I know myself. You disagree. <laughs> well, not, not in like a harsh way, but I know myself, and I was talking to Michael before we started mm-hmm. recording, uh, I actually went into this looking for the Christmas magic. Like, mm-hmm, show sure. me why people relate so heavily with this movie and Christmas. Like, I'm looking for it. I'm open to it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I did not get it at all, man. Like, I was open the whole time. And I yeah. get what you're saying. It's there, but it's just more of like a set dressing. That... It's it's more than that, because it's all about redemption. And it is John McClane's redemption arc. And it's just solved through action, as opposed to goodwill or spirit of man or whatever. It It is, it's there. Like, I think you can make a Christmas movie out of this very, very easily with a few more tweaks, but I think there's enough there that it qualifies. And I, I, I know you, you are the type of person that you kind of get your mindset and then you look for yeah, I, I, details I for... to reinforce your <laughs> way as opposed to like, hmm, hello, me, I am dumb, dumb on the internet has a point. I am average American. <laughs> How to meet you? How are you, sir? Well, you know, again, yeah, I any mean, random fair. I also I ramp up and elevate things a lot for comedic oh, sure. and injured because yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, I really don't care. <laughs> but you, you go more that Howard Stern route. I like You're to play the heel a, a lot. That's that's a lot of fun for me. Yeah, just to antagonize. I don't know why, but pushing buttons is fun. Sure. 
Michael, what about you, buddy? You have not seen this movie in a decade. Yeah, it had been a while. How did it hold it up really. over a decade? I was t- I was talking to Ryan about this actually when you're out of the room. It's a great movie. Like it just like you guys said earlier, bar none, it is a great, great movie, and that's how it should be viewed yeah. first and foremost. I think. <laughs> um, it held up definitely. Uh, it was way more fun than I remembered, and it's just it's action packed. It's heart racing the entire time. You're rooting for John the whole time. You're rooting for Al the whole time. <laughs> but in terms of, and I was like you, looking for the Christmas throughout the movie. And it's there, like what Ryan was saying was the music, but it has like the, the dark, undertoned Christmas music. And then up at the party, the nice, happy Christmas music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the ho, ho, ho things yeah. that he does with uh, Hans Gruber. It's It's a nice framing device for it. But it is not the central theme. And that's always been how I my argument. It's a framing it. device, yeah. but you stick this movie in the 4th of July or Easter, whatever. I don't think the setting of the holiday has an impact. Yeah. And Ryan is going to disagree here. I just had a thought. What if John McClane is the symbolism or the thematic uh, stand-in for Santa? I mean, he's mostly white and then red when he gets the blood in and he... Goes through and he takes out the naughty guys. Only the naughty people die in this movie. Well, except for the the Japanese businessman, uh, the guy who not a what's the name of the tower? It's Nakatomi. It's Nakatomi, Nakatomi. but that's not his name. Tagaki, Tagaki, something, something like that. Um, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he could. You could argue he's a corrupt capitalist businessman CEO and deserved to die. That capitalist scum. Possibly. Sees the means of movie production. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly, yeah. I guess he would be the one questionable one. I don't know. That was something I'm just kind of spitballing. I get what you're saying. Like, the only other technically innocent person that dies is Ellis, but Ellis is a scumbag. He's a scumbag, and he he fucks up the whole plan for everybody. And he ruins it for John and... He's on the level of that reporter guy. He's only into it for his own glory. Who is... Who do you hate more? Ellis or the reporter guy? The reporter guy. Yeah. Because getting... Bringing the kids into it is not... Well, that's... I I love that that payoff at the end when Holly decks him. Oh, that was so satisfying. That's a great... And it's not even John because John didn't know, really. Mm -hmm. But Holly is ready to take action. It's a... That's a nice little touch, man. It is. Um... I don't know, you've got some notes here. Let's start breaking some shit down. Shit. The notes I have. So these notes uh, for our listeners are the notes I uh, took for our first time talking about it. Yeah, and, uh, just rehash content. It's okay. Lazy, uh, I decided not to do new notes. <laughs> so what I've got here is uh, a list of names of people in this movie, and mm. that's about it. <laughs> oh, good. That, that's, that's great helpful, note-taking. Right? But, um, I mean, we can talk into it. It's, this is, this is going to be real easy to talk about. Uh, so Die Hard... Everybody kind of knows the plot, and I think the brilliance of Die Hard and how it works is how simple its plot is. It is literally just bad guys in a tower, and John McClane is trapped in there, his wife's in there, and he has to kind of defuse the situation. Outside forces complicate it, you know, it becomes a convoluted mess. It's a big cat-and-mouse game. It's it's very, very simple, and I think it's told simply, it's not... You don't need a lot of explanation as to why Hans is doing what he's doing. You get it throughout, but it comes kind of at a leisurely pace. They kind of spoon feed or drip feed you the information. It's not at any point. You don't just get like walls of dialogue that it's just here's what's happening exposition. It's it's just 
so simple and sleek, and I think everything from the performances to the dialogue to the way this movie's edited and shot kind of reinforce that just simple, straightforward concept, which is man out of his elements fighting to survive. And every kind of new scene tweaks that. It makes it just like a little bit more intense. And that's how you get like the ramp up to like the glass and the feet thing and etc. Like it just keeps building. And it's, I think, memorable for that. It's, it's much in the same way Terminator 2. Like every time there's an action scene, the next one's going to top it. Like they just keep ramping up the stakes. Yeah. And it's engaging on just a very like primal, visceral level. And it works. It works. Dyer could be summed up as man has terrible day that goes from bad to worse. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that is it. Man and others. Yeah. <laughs> um, you talked about the simplicity of this movie, and that's one thing that I love. And one thing I noticed, especially on this watching, is that it does one of my favorite things that cinema does and that not a lot of movies nowadays do, that it shows a lot mm. rather than tell you. Mm -hmm. Like, you get the idea, like, Hans at one point is threatening Mr. Takaguchi or whatever. I can't, that's terrible, I can't remember his name. And he pulls out the gun and takes the silencer off and sets it on the table. Mm -hmm. When he does that again with Ellis, we already know Ellis is fucking dead. Perfect. We know it. It's been telegraphed and it's subtle, mm -hmm. but we know, oh, he's dead because he's pulled and the gun out and set it on the table. Just in case you're dumb, dumb, even if you don't. Bruce Willis is, like, begging and pleading for Ellis to shut up because he's going to die. Yeah. And it's done in a way that is not cheap or scripty. It feels real. It feels like an honest, earnest emotion from John McClane at that point. So, like, even if you can't pick up on the subtle details, <clears throat> they're, they still communicate in other ways as well. And, and, again, just brilliant. Brilliant kind of streamlining of everything. It's another movie, too, that makes you... uh really obvious when Bruce Willis is just phoning things in because he fucking tries in this movie and he kicks mad ass uh-huh yeah and let's yeah let's 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 take a break on Bruce Willis here and delve into him Michael what what are your thoughts on Bruce Willis <laughs> well <laughs> are you are you a fan I do, I you do love Bruce like Willis Bruce he's a good Willis? guy I love his you know, sort of thing he does is like smug, half smile thing he yeah. does in literally everything he's done from Die Hard to when he was a guest star on Friends. Like, he does that. Oh, I, who was he on Friends? I don't he remember. was, um. He dated Rachel for a little bit. Yeah. He was, he was the father of one of Ross's students who Ross was dating. Yeah. That's what. And then he that was. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. He was also a very intimidating figure to Ross. Well, yeah. <laughs> Bruno, baby. Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> Sidebar, my favorite part of that whole storyline is that earlier in Friends, you talk, Joey and Ross talk about how much they love Die Hard and no one can sort of piece together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that the one that they fall asleep cuddling to? Or is that Predator? Uh, that might be. I mean, no, it's Die Hard, yeah, I believe. Die yeah, Hard. they yeah. fall asleep to Die Hard. Both yeah. movies directed by McTiernan. Mm -hmm. And you can tell, man, mm -hmm. he's got, got a fucking eye for action. Um, he does. Mm -hmm. But yeah, continue about Bruce, please. Oh yeah, and I like what you mentioned earlier uh, when you were doing the whole Santa theory. <laughs> how just like he comes across as this, you know, he's this cop. You know, he's pretty stern looking, but he's pretty clean cut when he comes from New York to L.A. Mm -hmm. And then just as the movie, as shit starts to hit the fan, he just sorts his appearance just dissolves as he gets more wild and more into it, and has just how close he comes to the brink of death each time. 
and how it's weighing down on him each time he escapes, like when he's in the bathroom picking the glass out of his feet. And he's just defeated. so real. Yeah. I love that. Um, just a knockout performance from him. It was awesome. Yeah. His shirt gets dirtier the more shit he has to go through. <laughs> and then eventually he just loses it because yeah. he needs well, to. I, miss, I, I never noticed that until this watching, but he actually wraps it around his bloody yeah. foot. Mm-hmm. I never picked up on that. And I was like, oh yeah, that, that's why the shirt is gone. <laughs> I just thought they're like, oh, he lost it. It got blown off in the fire. I don't know. <laughs> um, what about? Let's talk about some of these action scenes. Sure. What is your favorite one? Um, man. Uh, hmm. Well, I think the maybe the best one is him and the brother who ha- or is it the brother? Yeah, it's the Carl brother. His and, brother died. Yeah, he was the first dude that died. Okay. The one who has, like, the vendetta against John McClane. Their final mm. fight that ends with, like, the chain hanging, I think is fantastic. It's brutal. You get, like, that nice, like, meaty fist punch, like, for a good solid ten minutes. I like, like, it's a very school, long like, fight. Yeah. It's like WWE hits. Like, just yeah. every hit so fucking loud and thudding. I love it. It's what I great. really loved about it this time, too, I noticed, is that it's a very bright lit fight. If that... Yeah scene was shot nowadays it'd be like a dingy mm-hmm. you'd have like a floor. beam of light coming yeah. from one one area yeah. but this is like it's a very well lit fluorescent bright lighting of, you can probably get a bunch of quick cuts too and like the the editing is so breezy like there's one part like right before the guy gets hung where like he's he has him in the headlock john mcclain does and he's just punching him in the face and like they don't cut and you like you know Bruce Willis probably isn't punching the guy, but the way they shoot it, it looks so real. And they just don't cut. Like, they just have him sitting there fucking wailing on this guy's head for, like, minutes. And it's like most Hollywood movies today just would not have the confidence to do that. They, they'd cut it up so you could hide, like, the actors clearly not learning their choreography or Liam positioning. Mason jumping over a fence. Have you seen that? <laughs> the 15 jump cut thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they cut 15 times for Liam Neeson jumping over a Hagen? fence. It's taking like four. Yeah. (laughs) When they're just like, yeah, just fucking shit it out to DVD. It'll make money. Who cares? (laughs) Yeah. Another great part of that fight scene. This is another great Bruceian moment where (laughs) he's, you know, he has him in the headlock and like he's just doing, he's just going for it with his eyes. Like, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to cook you and then we're going to eat you. (laughs) And it just keeps going. And it's so great. Yeah. And there's the resounding thud Uh as he smacks the wall. Mm -hmm. Just. I think everybody remembers like the, the the big kind of quotes from Bruce Willis in this movie, like the 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 yippee ho, kaye motherfucker, yeah. motherfucker that I guess who has a machine gun now, ho 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 or whatever. Um, that's all fine. Like I love when he goes primal. He's just like, I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker, and it's just like a fight for life. And just he's saying the shit that comes to his head. It's not planned it's not quippy or jokey it's just like he's not set up one-liners fucking frustrated and it's like i get that like that's what you should feel as being john mcclain in the situation you should feel fucking frustrated so i love his delivery in this movie i love that scene there's an awesome shot in it where they're fighting in the background and but in the foreground they've got the gun and that's just a nice subtle way that they're showing the importance Mm -hmm. of this thing without like again a new age like pan to gun pan back to guys fighting and they're like <gasps> and they look at the gun and you pan back it's just you see it there it has the weight in the scene and then there's this fight happening behind it and i like that and then mm-hmm. there's a sort of struggle to go it's a beautifully shot little scene that you don't see much of nowadays i feel mm-hmm. everything's I so clean and like 
precision cut to like when they film it. There's none of that like Yeah. It's just... almost down to a formula. Exactly. Nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. What about some of the uh the other fight scenes? I that's the one I picked. Do you guys have any that stick out to you? Not a fight scene. Or action scenes yeah. or whatever. The uh I mean the rooftop scene where yeah. he Ties the fire hose around that's, him. That's probably that's mine, my man. number two. Yeah. yeah, that one is so fucking epic and and just iconic. Well, and he's just he's he doesn't want to do it. You can tell the yeah. whole time he's like, "No, nah, what the fuck? No, I." And he, but he's still pulling that cable out. And he's walking <laughs> over the edge. He's like, like, "I'm never going up another high tower ever again. again. Yeah, I'll never do it again." <laughs> and then he jumps, man, and uh, it's fucking. The score helps sell a lot of the intensity in this movie. Like mm. it is building up perfectly. It's got high pitched violins that. Man, you're on the edge of your seat. Like, yeah, I've seen this movie a ton of times. When he's getting ready to jump off that fucking building, it's a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, same with the the ending, kind of where it goes with Hans kind of falling. It's the same way. It's like I know every time the exact beat for beat what happens, but it like hooks you. And I think it's like the music swells up and you have to, and then he's just falling. Oh, it's so gorgeous. That is one of the best scenes in movies ever i love it i love the slow fall let's talk about hans gruber uh hmm. okay let's do it he's, he's played by <laughs> the great alan rickman again mm-hmm. just fucking both these dudes bring it so hard in this movie mm-hmm. um i think this was alan rickman's first big movie right i'm not sure about that I but I tell you know. i'm pretty sure this was like his mm-hmm. first foray into like big movies and what got him noticed and rightfully so man because mm-hmm. Hans Gruber, he's he's a fun villain, which is rare. Mm-hmm. So many people like don't get villains right. Mm-hmm. Like they get the idea of a villain, but it never it doesn't come through. There's but Hans Gruber is effective. Uh, yeah. Anton Chigurh is very effective as a villain Oof. for completely different reasons. Yeah, but oh yeah, I mean we can be here all day if we're just gonna list effective villains. <laughs> well, I, I think it'd be a longer thing to list not effective villains or people that you just don't uh. care about. Maybe, maybe. It's nuanced. I just wouldn't say there's just not any effective villains, you know? Oh, no. It's like, no. it's pro- it's hit and miss. It's about half and half. I For every good villain, there's a bad one, for sure. And especially... But he's great. He's and, not just a villain. He's an exceptional villain. Yes, he's very good Alan Rickman. Was it? I thought uh, it was pretty good. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> he's And he's also just a dude in a suit, but you remember Hans Gruber. He's not some elaborate deity with no. fucking glowing armor dude he's in a suit very human but he's smart and he's cunning in a very similar way to john mcclain like his ruse to be one of the hostages and to trick john mcclain into going where he stashed the gun it's fucking brilliant and it adds another twist in that like that that um tightening screw to john mcclain it just ratchets up the tension even more while allowing you to have like a villain that you don't maybe necessarily root for, but you're like, oh shit, he's a threat. Like, he's really smart, and he's maybe ahead of John McClane. But yeah. then you find out that's not the case, but it gives you that moment where you might think that's the case. I mean, what you guys said earlier about another part of the simplicity of the movie is like, when the bad guys show up to the tower, mm-hmm. we know Hans Gruber is the bad guy. Yeah, like, he's the main one. It's like, this is the guy, he's uh-huh. a bad dude, we know it, and we're <laughs> going to see it for the rest of the movie. And you see it throughout the actions of, like, when they're first getting in the tower. He's calling the shots. He knows what to do. He's yelling at the people to get down on the ground. And you know that this isn't a guy that you want to mess with. 
Mm-hmm. And I just, it's so simple, but it works so well. He plays off everybody so well. I love seeing him with Ellis. Because, like, at first he's so annoyed with it. But then he's like, let's have, no, he wants to play. He, He'll have fun he wants some Ellis. entertainment out of this. So he's like, yeah, come in. Knowing, you know, he, he made the decision he's going to kill him. First time he walked in the fucking room. Mm-hmm. But he let it play out. And we can see that. Uh, I really like, again, this is just nice acting. Whenever he does come upon John McClane. And he doesn't. It's not like an instant thing where he just immediately starts begging for his life. Alan Rickman is acting like he's putting it together, what he's seeing, yeah. and comes up on the fly with this plan because it takes a few seconds for it to kick in because he just stares at him in shock for a bit. And then it's like instantly he starts to cry. But it's this subtle, nice little touch and this fantastic acting ability of somebody that's gone, man. Hmm. Fucking Rickman. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> he's a, he's I well I think all right so more than is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not this is fucking old hat question at this point you've said it this is the second year people are fucking arguing this point here's a more interesting question John McClane or Hans Gruber who do I like who's better more interesting I I still say McClane interesting okay yeah. Yeah, Michael, are you uh, in the John McClane boat too? That's a that's a good question. Yeah, I mean we have more of John McClane, that's so I probably but you also have the bad John McClane. That's true. We do. <laughs> maybe that skews it. Maybe for the sole purpose of just this movie, I might say Gruber. Yeah, because it's. I mean, mm-hmm. we know we kind of know the intent behind Gruber, but that it kind. But leaving it out sort of gives a little mysterious air mm-hmm. to him, even though we know he's a bad dude and we know what he wants to do. <laughs> But, yeah, I love the the mystique surrounding, you know, where he comes from, why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm right on that page. I had a point I was going to bring up, but I can't remember it now. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we are jumping all over the place. It'll come back, maybe. I think if you're definitely comparing just John McClane in Die Hard 1 to Hans Gruber in Die Hard 1, I, I think the more interesting performance goes to Rickman. I think he gets to wear more hats than John McClane does. And it, it, you just get more of a range. I think if you compare all of John McClane, then that might skew it. Because, like, I love John McClane and Die Hard with a Vengeance as well. That's, and that's that's one of my favorite John McClane. I think that's my favorite <laughs> Die Hard if we're, if we're throwing cards on the table. I Ooh. love Die Hard 3, man. I do, too. It's not... I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I, I, I really I, do this like one this one my, a lot, this man. This one holds it for me, but... Yeah. See you soon. I, you didn't pick Die Hard 2... Which is the important thing. <laughs> because that's just Die Hard 1 in an airport. Yeah. And a right. naked uh, Rutger Hauer. It's also the, the... That's the one I've seen the least. Oh, is it Rutger Hauer? I don't know. I've only seen Die Hard 2 like two or three times, I think. It's pretty forgettable. It's been a long time. It might not be. Who is the president in Iron Man 3? I don't know. It's that guy. That guy's naked. and has like a naked dance scene in Die Hard 2. Oh, yeah. Which is what I will always remember about Die Hard 2. And nothing else. I remember... There's an explosion, and he launches in a seat, I think, like an ejection seat, and it's a real cheesy shot. And I remember that dude's naked butt cheeks doing some Taekwondo in a hotel room. I'm like, this is fucking weird, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, I mean, Christmas, man. All right. Where's this Christmas magic at? Show me. Uh, Show me on the doll yeah. where Christmas touched it. Yeah. <laughs> where the uh, Christmas magic happened. <laughs> 
I like I said, I think it's in a lot of the juxtaposition shots. You see a lot of like uh presence and things, and then it juxtaposes to a scene with violence or like the music swelling up like uh the most wonderful time of the year plays when like people are getting executed or things like that and i think it's not it's again it's done in the same way like they're playing with those christmas tropes but they're twisting the expectations or kind of like the context of them but i think it's in there and i think you can make again the same point that john mcclain's character arc is the same as anybody's character arc in any other movie there's just action that determines kind of his his mood shift as opposed to like uh an angel in it's a wonderful life or something you know a- an angel comes and show oh what's his fucking name uh, I, george bailey george bailey thank you yeah uh shows george bailey kind of the error of his ways what he has left to live and he makes a change that will affect his life for the better and 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 that's like the christmas arc is the goodwill of man, family is important, change yourself before it's done. And I think that is largely in play in Die Hard. It is 100%. And I wanted to I wanted to refute this because I know this has been the argument many people make. I'm like, yeah, that's a small part. But watching it this time, 100% this movie is about redemption. This is why that opening on the airplane where that guy is kind of talking to John McClane and sussing out his family life and then the the limo ride to the tower where you're getting all of his backstory. I think this movie is nothing but a redemption arc for John McClane and him learning a life lesson and changing his life for the better. Does he follow through with it in the sequels? No, but arguably there probably shouldn't have been diehard sequels. Yeah. And as a standalone, I could see the weight behind that more, but it is one of those things that, like, I think the sequels kind of ruined it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I think if there was no Die Hard 2 on, I think this could be... I think a lot less people would refute that this is a Christmas movie. Maybe. But I think the fact that it is a franchise that is largely not to do with Christmas really, I think, kind of diminishes the weight of the Christmas elements in the first one, too. I, I, I think it does kind of have an impact. Whether I, you know, for good or bad. I honestly, again, I don't fucking care. This is, <laughs> this is a fun yeah. movie. I just enjoy watching it. Whether it's like a horror or a comedy or a western, I don't care. If it's fun, it's fun. And this is fun in spades, you know? <laughs> Boom. There's your question. Fuck it, I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> Outside of Hans, Michael, who's your favorite villain? Just in My general? favorite villain? Yeah. Oh, it's easily Anton Shubert. Well, no, country no, for... no, I'm sorry. In Die Hard. Oh, in Die Hard. Oh. In Die Hard. Oh, okay. Oh. Yes. Die Hard. Because I uh, totally agree. Anton Shubert, hands down. That's yeah. the one of all time. Easily. I, and, I mean, he's pretty fucking good to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. In Die Hard. Um, I mean, who... <laughs> I, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Uh, for so the listeners, we... Kyle is trying to break open <laughs> or, or open the bottle on the edge of his CD stand. After seven attempts, it was successful. It was two. I counted <laughs> ten, but okay. <laughs> are we li- the worst. Are we limiting this to just the uh, the German dudes? Are we including Ellison, the cameraman, and the reporter? Or yeah, I mean, I think everybody who has a villainesque attitude. Yeah, I think. Uh, I love the uh, the guy who's trying to break open the safe, just because. Uh, uh, the other black dude. Yeah. Uh, what is his Leo? name? Leo. Oh, I don't know. His Leon. Name. Yeah, I think, I it think it is Leon. 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 Yeah, it's Leon. Mm-hmm. yeah, he. 
I wanted to, I'm glad they didn't show like too much of him because it may have ruined the charm a little bit. He is very charming. He was like, so different from literally every other villain in the movie that you were like, I want to see what this guy's doing. I kind of hope he <laughs> keeps going. And, uh, and when, uh, he finally gets his comeuppance with, uh, the limo, driver. the limo driver at the end. Yeah. <laughs> that was got a weird name and I'm trying to think of it. Argyle. Uh, Argyle. Yeah. Ah, well done. <laughs> yeah. Good pull. It's like I just watched this today. Yeah, how am I, I not? I how am I like, not? <laughs> probably an hour before you guys got over here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I loved Leon. He was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I really yes. like uh, his attitude, and it was an- another one of those subtle things. He is completely different from everybody else on the team. He's so not serious. He's joking all the time, but yet you can tell that he's incredibly respected because Hans Gruber respects that dude. He doesn't. Ever well, he's got a, a skill that yeah, nobody else has. Exactly. So it, it gives him a leeway that I don't think the other henchmen have. And that's what's great about it, because mm-hmm. you can tell that. And like yeah. he has this air of like uh, more of importance than these common thugs. He's cocky. Just hanging. Yes. He's real cocky. When they get the money out of the safe and Leon's rifling through it and he's so happy, you see that Hans Gruber <laughs> cracks that little smile because he's enjoying Leon yeah. enjoying uh-huh. it. Yeah. That was a nice little moment. Uh-huh. I, I think that's... Do you have another villain you enjoy more than Leon? Because I trying to think, it's like really, I, I like, think he's the only other one that really gets a lot of character. I like Leon. I mean, if we're classifying him one, I, I love Alice, man. <laughs> man Alice, all right, if you uh, cocksure bastard, Alice. let's co- let's let's do that. Alice, I, he's more of like a rogue agent, almost maybe like a wild card, bitches. He's a foil for yeah. sure. He he wants to be a hero, mm-hmm. but. Can't be a hero. But tragically, he's a dipshit. Yes. (laughs) And he's a drugged out dipshit. Uh Uh-huh. I think more so than him wanting to be the hero is he wants to show up John. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He feels very threatened as soon as he shows up and... Hence, show him the watch I got you. Show him the Rolex. Yeah. It's a Rolex. It's nice. (laughs) I love that. That dude is so scummy. Oh, Um, yeah. He's... I, I'm pretty sure that role was originally meant for Bronson Pinchot, right? Pinchot? I don't know how you uh, say that. Oh, is that the Pin- dude from Perfect Strangers? That is such a weird thing that you and my wife are the only people I know who, like, reference Perfect Strangers. Really? I've never fucking seen that dumb show. Uh-huh. Is it Belky? Is his name? Cousin Balky. Balky? And Cousin oh. Larry. Cousin Larry? Me, she showed me an episode. It's garbage. Oh, it's a shitty sitcom <laughs> from the 80s. Have you I, seen it? I've never seen it. Have you heard of it, though? I think I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. I it's... know of him from the Beverly Hills Cops movies. And oh. that's really all I know Brant, Brant, Bronson Pinchot from. And then The Surreal Life. He was on a season yeah, he with, was I think, Mini-Me. <laughs> and he was very creepy and very drunk all the time. Yes. <laughs> but... You just you just described surreal life. Every it's just a bunch of sad, what a weird time. Do you remember that show? It was on VH1. Yeah, they throw like B, C, and D list celebrities in a house together All for together. like a month. Yeah, and just give them alcohol and have <laughs> yeah. drama happen. I don't think I ever watched it. It'd no. be like Vanilla Ice, Mini Me, this Bronson Pinchot guy, Dave Coulier. Yo, he was on. Yeah, they had Tammy Faye Baker, Ron Jeremy. Yep. Wow. China. Who is the the Hispanic singer who has like Chachio? Chacha. It's it's Chacha. Uh, it's something. Yeah. It's Chacha or Coochie. No, it's not, no, it's not Coochie. Coo-coo, ca- it's it's something. Cuckoo cock. Cuckoo cock. I think we're getting closer, no, guys. No, no. <laughs> As, <laughs> the longer we keep going, the more racist. It's, it's you're just you're digging a hole. Who has <laughs> her? Uh, Charo. Charo. I knew it was a oh, C. Yeah. Charo. Yeah. Charo. Yes, but that was the level of talent you got in real life, and okay. then they just. 
fed so many drugs and alcohol to them, and it was just no rules. Meltdown. <laughs> yeah. Meltdown. They just wanted train wrecks. Episode. Yeah, and they got yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Dustin Diamond, like Screech. I like. I, that's that's the caliber you're getting. Yeah. On that show, but I could see it being written for him. He couldn't pull it off as well as this dude. I think he could have. You think so? I think he could. Yeah. He plays like a coked out '80s like business type. I think pretty well. That's that's him in the Beverly Hills Cops movies. I think. You you put that character into here. That's that's him. That's Alice. And that, he definitely has my favorite line in this movie, which is the Hans. Oh, Bobby. 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 <laughs> that's, that's. Oh man! And then I love when he starts to get fucking nervous when John stops answering. John, John, <laughs> John. <laughs> he just hands it. He's like, "Well, I love it, man." Yeah. Um. All right. On the same line, maybe not a villain, but a foil. I love the guy from The Breakfast Club, the principal from The Breakfast Club, who is... Oh, the like, actor, dude? The police chief guy. The oh, one yeah, who's yeah, 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 yeah. That jerk guy. Mm. And he had a lot of lines that I don't remember, The like, many times I've seen this before, but, like, really got a laugh out of me this time. And they're more on the darker edge, but, like, when Hans falls from the building, he's just like, God, I hope that wasn't a hostage. <laughs> like, it had me fucking real go, like... Yippee Kaye motherfucker, I heard a million times. So like like, yeah, yeah, that's how it works. This guy falling God, I hope that wasn't a hostage. He just <laughs> fucking killed me this time. <laughs> Perfect amount of cheese from that one. Uh-huh. It's all he also <laughs> kinda has a little redemption arc though, too, because like Slightly, yeah. once the FBI comes in, starts to take things over, he goes over <laughs> with Al and I was like, Uh-huh. Okay, we're in this together now, man. He's like and maybe I should call the mayor on this. <laughs> That's another great love. The FBI copter goes down, and he's like, I think we're going to need more FBI guys. Yes! <laughs> like, he, a... he fucking has a lot of good lines. Yeah. I just, I apparently never realized. <laughs> I really liked uh, when the FBI dudes were riding in on the helicopter, and the one, the older one is like, Woo, just like Saigon, eh, Slick? And the other guy's like, I was nine, dickhead. dickhead. I was junior high. <laughs> That's why that whole interaction is fucking great. I was in junior high, dickhead. He's like, maybe we only kill about 25% of the hostages. <laughs> He's like, I'm like, good with that. I'm good with that. I love how just complete scumbags the FBI agents oh, are man. instantly. Uh-huh. He's uh-huh. like, take that guy out, shoot at these hostages. Like, what What kind of FBI is this? It's really, if you think about this, Die Hard is curb your enthusiasm with terrorists. It is one person who is the only person doing the right thing, and a bunch of jackasses not understanding he's trying to do the right thing. And then just the, oh, my day! Like, that's <laughs> that's Die Hard, but with action. I really like in this movie that the plot of it, like... Because as a kid, I don't get... I never understood why they're, like, trying to rob this place, mm. and they want the cops to show up. But as an adult, you get... It's like, it is completely planned out that way by the fucking robbers and they have this elaborate way that they're going to get out that argyle thankfully shuts up mm-hmm. um i was confused this time though like there's this whole big thing about the police infiltrating the building and then this time i noticed that like they lock the fucking garage out with this those aluminum gate like dude they could easily get through that <laughs> yeah. like they drive through it at one point i think even it's like that's nothing. You and yet, ram it. Yeah. Yeah, they never did anything <laughs> with that. They're like, let's go in the front door with this tank. And then they get stuck on the stairs and yeah. blown into smithereens. <laughs> great great job, guys. That's such an elaborate fucking setup for that missile launcher to just be like, and it's permanently in that position. Can yeah. they like bolt it to the fucking floor? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think rockets kick that much, though. I don't know. 
I've never fired a rocket. I haven't so. either, but they always have <laughs> they always have that tube for like the exhaust and like yeah. it doesn't seem like it kicks. I don't know. It is a really cool scene. That thing looks badass. Well, even alright, so let's say it is total incompetence. It fits with the theme, which is everybody's an idiot except John McClane and Al. So it works. And Al. Al. And I love his redemption arc too. I like mm. that shot at the end, like the gun, and then it slowly lets the uh, the background kind of fade in, and it's his face. And after you hear the story with the kid, like I think again, a character that didn't need to have that redemption arc didn't need to be there, but they do just enough with it so it doesn't feel cheap and it feels earned. And that's great. That's just great movie making. I also thought it was weird that John McClane just doesn't get in an ambulance after everything he's been through. They just get back in the limo and peace out. I'm assuming go to the house with his (laughs) young daughter and the housekeeper and, you know. All bloodied up. He's fine. Yeah. Just, you know. Just need some TLC in the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Not medical help immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just one of those things. You got I know like it, 80s it's action movies. Suspend that disbelief, man. Yeah. It's like in Lethal Weapon. We talked <laughs> about when they have this fucking fist fight in front of the entire LAPD, and nobody stops it or like <laughs> arrests the bad guy that's right there when they could easily overpower him. Like, no, let's let these dudes fight in the rain because they've earned that much. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that is more in the realm of believability. What? I could definitely see like because all right, I don't see that happening. Ever. We'd have to talk to maybe somebody, but I feel like if there was like this cop killer, somebody who's real bad, and like there, I could see like a bunch of cops getting together and then like blindly turning an eye as you know a cop and this guy. I could see them all out. like fucking beating him like it's Rodney King. Well, I wouldn't see them all just standing around fairness, watching one guy in do fairness, karate. It was Gary Busey. That's that he true. was fighting. And Gary Busey's fucking crazy. That is true. He's a crazy fucking like, person. Do you think if Gary Busey bites you, you turn into <laughs> Gary Busey? It's just like a werewolf. Uh, when right? the moon shines. No, you just, you know, your teeth just grow a little bit. <laughs> like, grow that's out of the your only, mouth. Yeah. Like, they never stop growing. eventually <laughs> 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 you're like... <laughs> that's, the, that's the Gary Busey curse. It's like that Simpsons episode where it shows Lisa's progression if she doesn't get braces <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the teeth just go through oh her God. upper lip. <laughs> that is uh, an image that has haunted me my whole life, seeing that in The Simpsons. I was just like, man, I should got braces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did, though. Yeah, much later on, because of that fucking episode of The Simpsons it, stuff. It weighed, so on, long. Really? it weighed on me. Yeah, absolutely. But it never turned either of you into vegans. No. Because Lisa's right up until a point. <laughs> and then she goes too far. <laughs> I like that they stuck with that. Like, that was the uh, the rule for Paul McCartney being on the show. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. like, if, you, if we gotta promote, we gotta have a vegetarian. I'll only do this if she doesn't turn back into eating meat the next episode. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. What else? What about the, the fucking Vince scene, man? I don't know why I'm just jumping the around. Where yeah. is the, the lighter? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, oh, the, the one that you parodied. It's, uh, <laughs> it always fucking wigged me out that, like, he fell and then was still able to catch himself. Ugh. Like, I don't see how that happens, man. I would just fall and be like, oh, I'm dead. Like, that's it. That That's the most, that's one of those, one of those, aside from the <laughs> fire hose, uh, repel. 
the <laughs> machine gun strap rappel is probably like the other most nerve wracking moment uh-huh. for me because it always just cuts back a little bit and you see the the strap like going down just a little bit each time uh-huh. and like he's reaching for that mint so bad and that's another great part of the, i don't think there was any music in that scene no it's There's, just the yeah. tension of that you, you can hear, hear the rope. tension of the rope and your own breath and that's it yeah and oh love it it's 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 literally a perfect action movie i feel yeah it's it's such a fucking great movie mm-hmm. i hate that again i don't really hate i guess i'm glad overall that people are talking about this movie so much around this time because again, it just means more people watch Die Hard. Yeah, There's which all, is yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. that's that's fine in my book. I don't agree with that idea, but mm. sure, I'm just some fucking dude, and who cares what I think, really? <laughs> Nobody. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. Truest thing I said on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kid, I kid. I'm getting humble in 2019. Yeah, it's the I'm year of be the, the humbling. I want to be the most humble. Didn't Trump say that once? I'm the most humble. Nobody's person. more humble than me. That's right. That sounds yeah. right. <laughs> Guys, I should be president. I mean, I don't know about humbling you, but I'm going to try to hobble you. Oh, yeah? You're going to take out my kneecaps? I'm a misery. I'm just <laughs> fucking swipe out your legs. No, um, I think you're right. I think Die Hard is a perfect action movie. And there, this whole Christmas debate... Is censored on Die Hard because it's a great movie, because it is memorable. Like, anytime this debate comes up, there are many other movies in this realm, any of the Shane Black movies, like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, Long Kiss Goodnight. He sets all those at Christmas time. Those don't get brought up. These other movies <clears throat> don't get brought up. Die Hard, I think, gets brought up because it is a beacon of, like, that late 80s, early 90s action movie. It is. Probably it was the best action movie we had until 1994, 1995, when Terminator I mean, 2 came out. Oh, okay. I would agree. And then I think that's the, those those are the heights for like that type of action movie. Like that's the best it was. And then we embrace a new way of action after that, which is fine. We went down the Matrix route, which is more stylish and innovative action more so than like that streamlined kind of old Hollywood filmmaking and for for what Die Hard's doing again it's just I think the pinnacle it is the apex action movie it's it's the best all right or one of the best Michael you give me a rundown and then I got a question for you guys that I think maybe we'll shed some more light on this all right is this like a closing statement no no we're (laughs) not closing yet I mean we're getting there but Oh, I gave my closing statement. Okay. So I will oh, not okay. be That's talking what... anymore in this podcast. Okay. <laughs> we know Ryan is done. No, I... So I remembered enjoying this movie a lot. And then gearing up to watch it this afternoon, I was excited. Because it's hard for me to just sit alone and watch a movie sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, like, the instant I pressed play, I didn't want to get up. Like, it was... Dude, I was the same way. I was like, fuck, man. I got to watch this movie. I've got to sit here. And then I started playing and I was like... Holy shit, that was two hours? Yeah. It, Where the fuck? Two plus. Yeah. It's like two, two hours, hours 12. 16. Yeah. yeah. Or something. Mm-hmm. It, you never want to stop watching. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. As far as the Christmas thing, I mean, we've covered that already. <laughs> Who cares, really? It's just a great action movie, and everyone should watch it. Yeah. Yeah, we all agree. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's my question. If Satan came to you <laughs> and was like, hey, man, show me a Christmas movie or you're going to hell. Are you going to play Die Hard? No. No. Okay. Absolutely not. I think that is the perfect question for when anybody says something. Mm-hmm. 
you will you will die. You will go to hell. You will be an internal hellfire if you do not show me a Christmas movie. Are you going to take that chance and die hard? That's what I say. Yeah. I, if, I, it, I, if you have that shred of doubt. Point. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Fucking well done. I think that, that is, is an like a excellent. That's question. a legit <laughs> wow. question. That's. That should have been your fucking opening. I know it should have. It should have. But I think it's a great stinger <laughs> on it. And then, guys, let's talk about Christmas a little bit. All right. Because this episode's for Christmas. Michael, what was your most memorable Christmas? Oh wow. <laughs> so, oh, what year was this? It was whatever year the Wii came out. Okay. Uh, mm. and so it, it's going to be centered around a console. Yeah. Because I think that's a big thing for all of us. Yeah. Uh. So it was whatever year that was, 2007? Yeah, that sounds, yeah, that sounds about sure. right. Sounds right. Um, I really wanted a Wii. And of course, when the Wii came out, you could not get a Wii. Mm-hmm. They were sold out instantly, everywhere, all the time. It was kind of like everybody and their fucking mother wanted it. Wanted a Wii, yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't kinda, like normal. Right. It was the new cool thing. I really wanted one for Christmas. And we got up, we opened up all the presents. There was no Wii. Oh, and I was like, oh, man, I, but I kind of thought it would happen. But I was like, there was that, there was that little shred of that little kid in me was like, oh, maybe the Wii's going to be there. <laughs> and then uh, as we're sitting on the family room floor, my dad like comes out, emerges from the other thing. He's like, Michael, can you help me with this thing in here? You know, it's giving me a hard time. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And then sure enough, in the family, then boom, brand new Wii. Just sitting out on the floor. It was just set up and ready? <laughs> yep. Oh, dude, that's so awesome. It was like my very own, I hate this movie, but a Christmas story moment. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was just perfect. I was going to say this is set up exactly like a Christmas story. Yeah, that's, I love that. Yep. Wow. That's a pretty fucking good one, man. Yeah. I think I, I've said it before, but the one I remember the most was, uh, there's the meme kid, and I, I would have been that kid had my mom filmed me, but when he gets, the Nintendo 64. <laughs> Dude, I flipped the fuck out. Because, like, I remember they had one set up in Walmart, and every time I'd go to Walmart with my mom, I'd just go to electronics and I'd play uh-huh. Mario 64. Oh, yeah. Then I'd play it for, like, 30, 45 minutes while she's doing whatever in the store. And then I remember I opened that thing up, and I had that and Wave Race, and I played for, like, the entire... You got, like, a week off, I think, in elementary school, from what I remember. I we got right. two. Yeah. 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 I saw one, one or two. But... It was, like, a big break, and, dude, I just played... Mario mm. and Wave Race, like every day, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things. It's like instilled this nostalgia feeling in me. Like when it snows outside, I really want to play video games because that's oh. what I remember doing after Christmas as a kid. Because that's when all my big video games for the year came in. Because mm-hmm. it's fucking Christmas, so then you have those and you're playing all this fresh newness and you're just having fun. And there's snow outside, and it's just this very warm nostalgic feeling for me. Nice. So I'd, I'd say the Nintendo 64 year was probably my best one. Hmm. What so about you, Ryan? 97. Yeah, I think it was 97. Uh, Is yours 2017 so we can do like a nice pattern? I <laughs> wish. I wish. But I can't remember what I did. But it was the Soldier year. Boy console that came out this year. or No, that was 2017. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> Soldier Boy uh, released a console. Guys. Sadly, it was the same year as Kyle. 97 was my year, too. And it was the 64 as well. It was the same exact thing, except uh, Toys R Us for me. We'd go to Toys R Us, and there'd be Super Mario 64 playing. And my experience was much different from yours. It was like, I don't know what this is. 3D was very confusing to me. Moving Mario in three dimensions, and I didn't know what to think of it. 
That said, I still got so hyped because I was a regular subscriber of Nintendo Power. Okay. And yeah. I'd sit there drawing that fucking 3DN logo over <laughs> and over. I'd draw the console. Like, I was obsessed with it. And the uh, the first games we had were Super Mario 64 and uh, Shadows of the Empire, the Star Wars game. And I remember... Oh, yeah, that fucking game, too. Me and my dad, and I think my mom even got into this, because this was, like, the last generation they really played was the 64, but... We played those hot levels over and over, Christmas right? Day. Yeah, like we even we moved on to like the next one where you're like on foot in the the underground hot levels, and it's like now yeah, let's just cares? go back to flying. Yeah, it's and fucking we just, great. We flew around like walk, knocking down ATATs like all I goddamn that, day. I did that it so was much too. Yeah, my favorite moment, and like I will always have like such a a high spot that Shadow of the Empires like sits at, even though I'm sure it's a garbage game nowadays. <laughs> but like that hot level, like was one of my best experiences ever. And that was that was the Christmas. That was what we did. I was also such a huge dork. I <laughs> drew that fucking N64 logo everywhere. It was it like is, that S thing that you can make. It no, was no, immortalized no. <laughs> in my fucking junior high yearbook. We all had to put our signatures in, and I put my signature, <laughs> and then I wrote N64 underneath it like the biggest tool. <laughs> like, what a fucking dork. <laughs> No wonder I didn't get laid till I was like nineteen. <laughs> it's okay. I had the I was the Tina Fey kid who was like, Oh man, everybody's so mean and so jerky to me, but like I was the jerk. You were the jerk because I remember writing in people's books like, Oh, have a good summer, I guess your music taste isn't that garbage. Like, I was such a little ass. What a pretentious I prick. was. Like even from like young age, I was such a little turd. Oh man. That's good shit. Alright, guys. Um so I figured to really just finalize this episode, I downloaded a Magic 8-Ball app. So I figured... Okay. <laughs> I figured we would, we would ask that, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And we'll kind of okay. take that answer, and we'll, we'll leave it at that. I think know. that's a good... that Just that'll solidify it. Right? That's kind of my thought. 45% of the world is about to be really sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, here it is. Uh, as you can see, it is stuck on the as I see it, yes, but that's because I will shake just it. Just opened it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, do you, yeah, you shake it. You I, actually I, shake it. It's like my right. first time I'm using it. So. What, how, are we, how are we wording the question? Is just straight up, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Okay. We okay. Are that's right? fine. Yeah. Magic A-Ball. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? <laughs> I'm so... Oh, fuck. I hate this. Oh, it's the worst one you can get, which is Reply Hazy, Try Again. Well, I think that's I mean, a good... Do it again. Or... Just right? Okay, ready? Uh, or or, or is it. that indicative that's, that's, of right, that's this whole debate that's it's been going hazy. on? That's kind of the way I kind of would like to leave it. There is no answer. We don't know. That's it's perfect. pretty fucking up to you. That sounds like Kyle. Start podcast making bold point yeah. in podcast by saying, wait, eh, never mind. But there it, is no point. Look, I'm, I'm not lying. It is reply hazy. Try yep. again. There it I'm, is. But I can verify. It's completely fair. I can also verify he shook it like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going for it. And I, you did see that the answer did change. It was a different it answer did. beforehand. It started off it's, as yes, and it changed to reply hazy. completely fair. I think that's the way we should end it. It's impartial. All right. I like it. It's hazy. Michael, man, thanks for coming on, dude. This was a blast. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, I love this. (laughs) Well, I've been talking about getting you on for a long time. I think you're definitely on any time we do Dark Souls anything. Oh, for sure. Because he's a huge Dark Souls fan. And I think we discussed Paper Mario. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, The 64 one or... what is it? Thousand, Thousand Year Door. Door? Was that the, the GameCube? GameCube? That was the GameCube one. I'm totally into that. That I would do either because okay. I love both. Cool. Well, we'll start that up. Uh, I mean, we got a whole fucking new year of shit to talk about, so mm-hmm. I'd love yeah. to get into Thousand Year Door. 
I remember played the 64 one, and I played Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga yep. on Game Boy. Game Boy I never Advance, played yeah. Thousand Year Door, though. Saga, yeah. yeah, Superstar Saga mm-hmm. is a great series. That whole series is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but Michael, man, I'm glad you got to fucking come on, man. I am too. This was a blast. When I was doing <laughs> Die Hard, it was like two days ago. And like the thought hit me and I immediately asked you, I was like, hey, what are you doing? This was literally last night at five o'clock as <laughs> yeah. we were in a meeting at work. <laughs> That's what it was. I was like, yeah. hey, what are you doing tomorrow at like five? Do you want to be on the show? Because you'd expressed some interest in coming on. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, yeah, it'd be great. I just like, I want to get something perfect. And I was like, no, wait. Michael agrees with me that <laughs> this it. is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> have to have him on. You agreed with me too until today, but I still kind of agree. Yeah, it's, like, it's I'm just a both. I'm a both minds thing. now. Replies hazy. Ask yeah. again yeah. later. Yeah, it's I, the app spoke. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. I'm Michael, and uh, <laughs> we'll check you out next time. Bye, everybody.